if you're if you're active duty, by the way, for for your clients that are active duty and thinking of separating or retiring from the military, buy a house while you're still uh, in the military. In the military, right. yes, hands down, because we can use all the allowances, and not only that, we can use 125 percent of people's uh, BAH and BAS. So that's and the best time to buy. Also, too, if they are an engineer um, in the military mm -hmm. and then they retire and then they become a librarian, mm -hmm. they have to start all over with that history, the employment history, right? And you need two years. That is correct. So it's either you continue in the same profession mm -hmm. or try to buy a house while you're still active. Welcome to the Selling Sandoval podcast, where we dive deep into the world of real estate in sunny California. I'm your host, Victoria Sandoval, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as I sit down with top-notch professionals, market analysts, and influential leaders who have mastered the art of closing deals. Together, we'll explore the ever-evolving market trends, debunk myths, and empower you with the tools to negotiate like a pro. So whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent seeking inspiration, this podcast is your key to unlocking real estate success in California. This is the Selling Sandoval podcast. I'm Victoria Sandoval, and I'm excited to embark on this journey with you. Welcome to another episode of Selling Sandoval. Today's guest is Abel Tejera, also known as my husband. He's a lender. Um, I figured it would be a great time to address questions that have been asked recently as of late. Uh, you know, there's the markets all over the place. Uh, rates are all over the place. But before we get started, Abel, tell us a little bit about who you are and your background. Who am I? You know what? I'm a husband. I'm a stepdad to two smelly kids, uh, to a furry little baby, Bella. You guys have probably seen her around. And I'm a lender. I'm lucky enough to actually work and do uh, for a living what I love, which is helping people. Nice. How long have you been in, uh, in lending? I've been doing loans since 1999. Okay. How did that, you get into so that, the business? I think I just aged myself. Yeah, when you were two. Uh, <laughs> so what made you get into the business? How did you get started? You know what? By, by chance, nobody, nobody ever grows up saying that they want to be a mortgage lender. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody wants to just grow up. Uh, so I think, you know, I'm going to be a loan officer. Uh, when I was in college, a friend of mine worked as a loan officer. And I needed a job. So he told me, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, my uh, my company uh, is hiring. We need uh, telemarketers. Back then, it was 99. I remember this because of the whole Y2K thing. Everybody was freaked out about computers uh, not working. And uh, back then, it was just uh, a ruler, a list, a pen, and list we would, we would dial man out of like the phone book or how uh, pretty much no the, uh, we would get title leads okay. title leads of uh, homeowners and we would just go down the list dialing manually Where, where's the ruler coming in all this uh, to go down to down go the down list? down so the you list wouldn't lose your place yes that's pretty old school you did just age yourself <laughs> oh my gosh Jeez. well computers were still i mean they weren't cheap yeah. and, and back and you know what we we made it work we made it work even i think even now with all the technology the people that do what we used to do don't have the same results that we did which mm -hmm. is i mean impressive if you think about it so what was your your goal your daily call how many people were you calling and, and what were you saying back then my goal was to get three apps three applications a day which over the means, phone over the phone which means talking to the client Get them, um, ask them if they were interested in refinancing, 
and get all their information from address to occupation, social security numbers. Mm -hmm. And that was our, our minimum quota. And if we got five for the day, we got a $25 gas card. Oh, wow. Which being in college was, was, uh, was something amazing. So you went to college. You went to San Diego State. San Diego State. That's okay. Right. So while you were in college, what were you studying when you were in college? I did. I have a, a double major, finance and economics. Okay. So while you were going to college, you were also working part-time. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the, the experience, the hands-on experience. A lot of people graduate from college and they go out in the field and it's just kind of like, that's, that's why they say sometimes experience sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, overrides education. Not everybody will agree with me on that. That's what they say. <laughs> I didn't say it, but um, but yeah. I mean, so you got the best of both worlds. You got the education, and you also got to get your feet wet. So you graduated from college. Then what? Then what well, happened? Next? Well, I, I was working uh, at this company, like I said, uh, from five to nine. That's mm -hmm. uh, we would dial for four hours Fridays, uh, five to eight. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is that I got first world experience, meaning just. Uh, being a loan officer, and, well, not being a loan officer, I was literally an assistant, uh, a telemarketer. But since my friend was uh, a loan officer, I would just uh, be there with them, learning. Hey, how do, how do you do this? Why that? And back then, I mean, I was young and uh, got impressed with the money these guys were making. Mm -hmm. And like, wow, I mean, I'm doing doing all the dirty work, calling, talking to people, handing them. A client, basically, with all the information, all, all they're doing is looking at the uh, back then it was rate sheets. There was no such thing as portals. And they're just reading what's available and either they like it or not. And they make the money. I make minimum wage. I mean, how's that? How's that? Uh, fair. How's yeah. that fair? So uh, I took a year off to finish school. And I, as soon as I graduated, I went back. Now I was promoted to uh, a loan officer. And uh, so what year was this? Uh, this was back in 05. You're going to make me do math. It's a long time ago. It's almost 20 years. Yes. Wow. A long, long time ago. And uh, back then it was, I mean, it was the, the, the bubble where everybody we were doing stated loans. And, and that's what helped me more than anything. And what helps me having lived through, through those times, I already have the experience that nothing lasts forever, either the good times or the bad times. Like right, right now, everybody's freaking out. Yeah. yeah. People freak out. Oh, it's the end of the world. Like, no, it's not. I mean, uh, yeah, I, everything is temporary. It comes in waves. I mean, I've been in the business for a long time too. And it's kind of like it, it, the market, when it shifts, it, it gets a little bit scary, but you just have to tell yourself this is just temporary. So it's not. Well, it's easier said than forever. done, especially if you've never experienced it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I went from owning five cars at one point to not even being able to get my nails done when the market crashed. So, yeah, that was very eye opening. But uh, I'm thankful for my nails today. <laughs> uh, all right. So I wanted to get into that background story so people know your your uh, experience. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about loans right so now fast forward you are now um you have the e-mortgage guys right so yeah, right. as you can see on the hat the logo so uh you have a team of a couple mortgage loan officers mm -hmm. and what type of loans do you guys do you know what we do everything and because of what i was telling you about all these years of experience uh we're not just a a plain vanilla lender or mortgage broker it's uh we do everything from traditional loans fha va conventional 
to reverse mortgages, to um, equity loans, hard money, which uh, we've learned our lesson not to be a one-trick pony, especially right now with the way things are. You have to adapt to the market. Mm -hmm. The only way to be able to adapt is having the knowledge of the products because, for example, right now it's really hard doing a refinance for somebody that has a 3% or 2% interest rate. And there's no way they're going to touch that. But right. if you if you have the knowledge and access to uh, equity loans, mm -hmm. now you can leave that 2 or 3% alone and give them a second for uh, basically a second mortgage for, with a higher interest rate, but at least it's a smaller loan amount. So uh, in a nutshell, we're not just a traditional lender. We need... Uh, we need to have answers for our clients. So let's talk about somebody who wants to buy a house. Okay. What are their options, their lending options? What programs are available for them for somebody that's a first time home buyer? That's a great question. And it's hard to answer because everybody, everybody has their own scenario. You can be military, you can be self-employed, you can be uh, just a W-2 uh, employee. But to answer your question is um, just two years in the same industry, down payment, uh, there are down payment assistance programs. So, Yeah, no, but what programs are there? Um, what what mortgage program? Oh, do I first-time home buyers. Would you, if, if I were, to, if I was a first-time home buyer, walked in the door and I said, hey, I want to buy a house. Mm -hmm. What's the easiest program for me to qualify for? What, what do you do for a living? I am a server at Pump Restaurant <laughs> in West Hollywood. Awesome. They just closed their doors, by the way. <laughs> okay. And, and um, but I'm not trying to be funny, but we need to know the background, the, the whole story behind mm -hmm. the person. Uh, for example, if you're a server at Pump, uh, do you get paid W-2? Do you get paid uh, 1099 for okay. tips? So you W-2 get, plus mm -hmm. tips. P plus tips. So uh, FHA, first-time home buyer, okay. uh, depending on how much down payment you have for your for the property. If, you're, if you have, let's say, 10%, then we can explore the uh, option of doing a conventional loan. What's the down payment for FHA? 3.5% down, okay. which translates to 3500 per every 100000 Okay, perfect. So yeah, that's so that's a lot of buyers. They always often ask me, your first time home buyers, you know, how much money do I need down? Mm -hmm. What type of program? So obviously, FHA is the we always recommend FHA usually if you're there, they have minimal down payment saved. Um, now, for somebody who's self employed, what which route would you recommend they go? Well, it depends once again on how much down payment they have. For example, okay. if they have 20%, even 15% down, mm -hmm. they can go the no-doc loan route, which means uh, we, we don't need to show anything, uh, which a FHA or a conventional loan would require them to show two years of taxes mm -hmm. and then average that income by 24 months. So that would give us their, I don't want to bore, bore people with uh, technicalities, but uh, basically you have two options. Either if you're showing income, we go FHA or conventional. If you don't show any income, we can even either go bank statements, which uh, we look at your deposits over the past 12 months, or there's the no doc, which has a higher interest rate, but at least you don't have to show anything. And that's great for people that, for example, if uh, you're a contractor, general contractor that make a million dollars, but then after all the, oh, Bob, this, this is very common with truck drivers mm -hmm. because diesel and all the expenses, okay. they make a million dollars. Then after that million dollars, they end up showing 30,000. Traditional loans will look at the 30,000, not right. the million. And uh, no doc, 
that it doesn't matter because you don't even have to show uh, income. So as long as you have down payment, uh, that's uh, nice. Uh, possibilities open up. And what's that down payment look like for the no doc? Would you say a fifteen percent one five? Wow. Mm-hmm. And the bank statement loans are pretty popular too right now. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of self-employed buyers, um, you know, they they have all these deposits, but at the end of the day, they have all these write-offs. So it, again, it goes down to thirty that thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. So with the bank statement loan. Do you take a hundred percent of the deposits, or what's the? No, it'll it'll depends uh, uh, what bank you're doing it through. Okay. Uh, usually, they cut it fifty percent. But okay, meaning, so if I deposit ten thousand, then you're going to count five thousand as income uh, for that month. Yes, unless you have a letter from your CPA saying that you have ten percent utilization, let's say, which uh, means that your business only needs ten percent to run. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're uh, depositing ten thousand, that means uh, we can use nine thousand out of the 10,000, but th- that, okay. th- that uh, requires a letter for the CPA. And let's talk about VA. We're big, we're in San Diego. So mm-hmm. it's, we're a big military town. We have a ton of VA clients, veterans, active duty. Uh, that's, tell us about that program. Uh, honestly, hands down VA, the best loan in the country. But, but then again, I mean, they deserve it. Thank you for, for yes, your service. hundred percent um, financing doesn't mean that you don't have to come in with any money out of pocket. That's a misconception because there are closing costs involved, right. which uh, if you have a realtor like Vicky, mm-hmm. uh, they can get closing cost credit uh, for uh, to cover the closing costs. So no down payment, you can get your uh, closing costs covered and um, there's no mortgage insurance. Uh, uh, if you're if you're active duty, by the way, for for your clients that are active duty and think of separating or retiring from the military, buy a house while you're still uh, in the military. In the military, right. yes, hands down, because we can use all the allowances, and not only that, we can use 125 percent of people's uh, BAH and BAS. So that's and the best time to buy. Also, too, if they are an engineer uh, in the military, mm-hmm. and then they retire and then they become a librarian mm-hmm. they have to start all over with that history the employment history right and you need two years that is correct so it's either you continue in the same profession mm-hmm. or try to buy a house while you're still active <laughs> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> yes and that's what a lot of people and i mentioned this because a lot of people say you know what once i separate from military i'll buy my house like no 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 do it now right i mean you can't go wrong especially here in san diego uh, we we're a huge military uh, town, so even if you're going to get deployed or you're moving, uh, you can hire a real estate office to manage the property. But do it while you're still in service. Let's talk about VA um, grossing up their income. What yeah. does that mean? Great question, because this gets a lot of people confused. If you're a VA, you have your base pay. Okay, active. Well, active duty, uh, right? Yes, active duty. Okay. Correct. You have your base pay, but then. Uh, they get allowances. For example, the BAH, which is housing, BS, which is of, of the cost of living. Mm-hmm. That um, those two allowances were able to gross up since they're they're not taxed. Mm-hmm. We're able to use one hundred twenty five percent of that amount. So, for example, if they're getting a thousand dollars, we're able to use twelve fifty to help them qualify, which doesn't seem like much, but it's I mean it's the difference between. Uh, a five hundred thousand dollar house and a five seventy five thousand dollar house. That's a big difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm just using generalizing numbers here, of course, right. but to, to give you guys a perspective. Okay, well, th- thanks for that because I do that 
can get quite confusing. People ask me often. So mm -hmm. just explaining it. I usually just refer them to you, but <laughs> I know that you can gross up the income. I just don't know the technical technicalities. The, the same, I'm sorry. The same with, uh, for example, uh, VA disability, what, what they get from disability, we, we're able to gross it up as well. Mm. And remember, if you're 100% disabled or with disability rating, there is a property tax break with the state of California. Break, not to be confused not with exempt, exemption. Not, not exempt. <laughs> There's a property tax break, which is a huge help as well. Okay. So I would look into that. We don't do that ourselves. That, that gets done directly with the county. So when you say no MI, mm -hmm. can you explain what MI is? Mortgage insurance. And what does that cover? Technically... Every time you buy a house, you need to come in with 20% down. There are programs like FHA or even conventional that allow you to come in with less. Because of that, the bank implements an insurance. The funny thing, I don't know, even know why they call it insurance because it doesn't help you. It helps them. <laughs> um, it's, uh, insurance. It, it, uh, it's either PMI, private mortgage insurance, mm -hmm. or MI mortgage insurance, depending mm -hmm. if it's FHA or VA. Okay. But it, so it, PMI and MI are basically the same thing. It's just one's private, one's not. Okay. No, no, no. One's for uh, conventional, one's for FHA. Oh, so, okay. so that's what the, the main difference is. So um, what is it is that kind of... That fee, let's let's call it. It's even though it's a it's a insurance. It's basically a fee for not coming in with twenty percent down. Mm -hmm. How can you get rid of that? Uh, let's say you buy with uh, an FHA, you come in with three point five percent down, and you have the MI, the, the mortgage insurance. You have to wait for your property to appreciate uh, twenty percent, mm -hmm. and then you can refinance out of that insurance, which is what most people want to do and most people should do because an FHA loan is a loan to get into the house. It's not designed to be a loan that you keep long-term. Yeah, it's not a forever loan. Exactly. It's just an entry level loan. I mean, it, it's uh, to facilitate housing more than anything. Right. So someone can just, uh, once they have a little bit of equity, they can just refinance. Uh, can they? So I, I've actually heard that they would just, all they would need is to order an appraisal and as long as the value has increased, they'll remove the DMI, right? Be careful here because from conventional to conventional, yes. Okay. From FHA to conventional, you need to do a full refinance. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And um, what are what are the credit requirements when somebody wants to buy a house versus somebody wanting to refinance? What are what's the difference in the requirements? Is it the same credit requirement? The exact same ones. Okay. What what uh... and it's it's even more restrictive when refinancing because if you're taking money out, they will require you to have better credit or just better all around finance uh, financial picture. Because obviously you're taking money out and we're talking about sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars. So banks want to make sure that you have the ability to repay your loan. Banks, okay. uh, uh, unlike what most people think, banks are not in the business of uh, foreclosing on people. They don't, they don't like going through that. Yeah. I mean, it's a mess. It's a financial mess for them, legal mess for them too. They have to, there has to be an attorney involved mm -hmm. and all this stuff. So, um, Buying a house, and that's what I tell people also, buying a house is much easier than you think. It's probably even easier than buying a car because, I mean, you can't take the house with you. If you don't make the payments, they'll just come in and right. <laughs> take it from you. Right. A car, they have to, to find you. But it's pretty simple. Uh, down payment, 
as little as 3.5% down. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, if you qualify, you can do down payment assistance, um, uh, job, your income, mm -hmm. two years in the same industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, number three, it, your, your down payment or, I mean, uh, credit. Right. Oh, what's the credit need to be? What's the minimum? If you're FHA or a VA, you can go down to 580. Okay. Uh, conventional, I wouldn't advise you to go in with anything less than a 680. Technically, you can, but your rate's going to be outrageous. Okay, let's speaking of rates, let's talk about rates right now. Rates are... That's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people want to know what the market's doing. So right now, rates are at, as of yesterday, so we're filming on a Saturday, so the market's not open today, but as of yesterday, where were rates at? In uh, Saturday, July 7th, to to be more accurate of uh, what, what we're doing, it it's just today, July 7th. <laughs> uh, pretty close, but I mean, rates, uh, these past two weeks, rates have gone through the roof. And uh, I think that's the way they will be for the rest of the year. I mean, it's, it makes it really hard for us as lenders, especially okay. when we pre-qualify somebody because say we pre-qualify a client at five and a half and then they go look for houses. They find a house two weeks from so when we first met, meet. Now that rate 7%. Right. Now uh, people, I mean, sometimes believe us, sometimes they don't, but it creates friction and it, it makes it hard for us because uh, even if let's say that we tell them you qualify for 600,000 after mm -hmm. that rate goes up, now they qualify for 500,000. So they just wasted right. two weeks. So it's driving us crazy, but it, remember, it's not just us, it's industry-wide. So, yeah. right. So, and, and that's the thing we tell the agents too: make sure you're checking with the lender every single week, because if you're out in the field showing properties to a client that qualifies for 650, mm -hmm. that might be 600 today. Yes. So it, it, you constantly have to be getting a market update from your lender, I think on a weekly basis. Uh, you, definitely. Every Friday, yeah. especially if you, if you have clients that you have to show properties to, make sure you're talking to your lender mm -hmm. and don't blame it on the lender. This is how it's a team effort to be in constant communication with the lender. Hey, where do we stand based on today's rates? And remember, rates ba move based on inflation right now. Uh, inflation is through the roof, like we all know. I mean, tacos or $9. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, and that's why they do what they're doing. And uh, rates are supposed to go up twice again this year. Okay. The Fed, so because of the same reason. So this isn't, you don't foresee this being the high, the high mark. You oh, see, no. You see, okay. So what other solutions for someone wanting to buy a house? Uh, rates are high. What are their options if they want a lower rate? Well, before I answer that question, let me tell you and, and your uh, uh, viewers a tip. If you're thinking of buying a house, mm -hmm. do it now. Right now, we have a, a rate problem, which can be fixed. Right. Once rates go down, we're going to have an inventory problem mm -hmm. that there's no way to fix that. Right. Meaning you can go into it. Right now, there's no there's no competition. You can get your closing costs uh, paid. You can negotiate lowball. You right. can do, uh, there's the the uh, the buy down programs that can be financed by the seller. Um, but once rates go down, all these people that have been on the sidelines waiting to buy, guess what's going to happen? They're all going to flood the market. Right. Now, every property is going to have 20, 30 offers. So forget about getting your offer accepted. Now you're going to have to try to outbid everybody, pay above asking price. So 
instead of buying and now. Sometimes in that case, you have to come in with the difference between the appraised value and the sales price. Mm -hmm. So in order to win the bid, you, know, you see all these buyers increasing their offers, but sellers are smart enough to say, hey, well, if it doesn't appraise, you need to come in with the difference in cash. So it costs you a lot more in that case too. Um, if you're buying when, when rates are, are lower. The problem, uh, that creates a huge problem for first-time home buyers mm -hmm. because they are competing against people that are selling their house and buying another property, which means they can bid over asking price because they're being bringing a big chunk of money right. as down payment. So even if it doesn't appraise, they can come in with fifty thousand or a hundred thousand because they want they want they want the house. They have the cash, right? Yeah, they have the cash. It's the equity. Or they're doing a ten thirty one, and they just yeah, they just so, need to park it somewhere. Well, what happens to the little guy, the first time home buyer right. that just uh, stayed for two years for the three and a half? Well, good <clears> luck. So, let's uh, talk about the buy down okay. option. So you had mentioned that earlier. So people know their options. So they want to buy in this market because they don't want to have to pay an inflated price. Mm -hmm. They want, you know, they're like, okay, I'll take the higher rate. But what's the buy down option? What what are their options if at least maybe they want a lower rate for a couple of years? There are different variances to uh, to a buy, uh, a buy down. I'll just use the 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 generic ba uh, basic one, which is the two year buy down. So let's say rates are at six percent right now. And remember, I'm just generalizing rates. Um, let's say they're at 6%. If you get, if you buy a house with a two, one buy down, mm -hmm. that means that the first year from that 6%, you get to deduct two points. So instead of paying your mortgage payment at 6%, you'll be paying it at four. Okay. Hence the two in the two, one name, mm -hmm. uh, year two, you'll be paying six minus one, which is 5%. So you're okay. basically pay four. The first year, yeah. The uh, five, the second, right, and then you end up with six percent. The, the The philosophy behind this is uh, go in. Sorry, keep going. Sorry, my alarm's going off. Okay. <laughs> the The philosophy behind this is actually uh, let's wait. I I could hear something. I didn't know where it was coming from. So uh, the the first year. Uh, 4%, the second year, uh, 5%, then 6%, which was what the going rate was. And like I said, the, the whole idea behind this is to basically allow you to go into the property. And once rates go down, that's why you get a two-year cushion there. Once rates go down, you're able to refinance into a fixed rate long term. So two-year buy down, you buy down the rate uh, two points. And, and by the way, sorry, uh, the seller actually pays for that. So that's something. The seller has to pay for it. Yes. Okay. So the buyer cannot pay for that. The seller has to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So two, one buy down, you're buying down the rate by two points for two years. The first, but okay. Two, the first year it's two points. Mm -hmm. Second year it's one okay. point. Okay. So if rates are one. at seven, the first year, it, your rates at five, mm -hmm. second, six, six, and then at that point, it'll go. Seven. It'll recap to the seven percent. Fixed. By the way, th right. that's something to to uh, to say here. It's the, the loan is fixed. It's not adjustable, right. even though it's it looks it's like, like a it's teaser a rate just for the year or two before you decide you're going to refinance. Well, it, it, unlike the loans we had back in 07, which were teaser rates, this is more than anything to help you get into that house, secure a house right now. Mm -hmm. 
before all the craziness goes on. When right. will uh, when will it happen? I don't know. But once rates go down, which they will, remember everything that goes down up goes comes back down. Right. When they will, good luck finding a house. So right now, it's uh, that's why I, I know it sounds harsh, but it, it, you know what? Bite the bullet. Right. But uh, for the next six months or a year, even if your payments three, four hundred more than you were expecting, at least you'll have a house secured. Once rates go down, you can refinance. So you'll have the best of both worlds. OK, perfect. So one more question before we wrap things up. When you want to buy a house, you need your down payment. A lot of buyers don't know that there's closing costs involved right? Correct. when you buy a house. So I always compare it to uh, it being similar to when you buy a car. When you mm -hmm. buy a car, you have your down payment and then you have um your tax and license, all those little fees, right? Correct. You have to pay for the, all those Nobody fees. thinks of those. Right. <laughs> so just uh, for any buyer that's looking to buy, keep in mind, usually the closing costs are between 2 to 3%, right? right. So number good, one, yeah. you can ask the seller to give you a credit to cover those costs, mm -hmm. or you can pay them out of pocket. Um, yeah, that's right. What are the fees associated with buying a house? What, what are those closing costs? there's um there are many and everything gets broken down when when you're looking to buy um you have uh six months just you have on, taxes. On average, six months of taxes a property tax especially here in california in, in san diego you're on average probably ten thousand a year so if you break it down you end up paying almost a thousand so let's say 700. So if you multiply that by okay. six. Okay. So we have taxes, we have insurance. What other fees? Uh, title, escrow. We and we're going to have actually an as an escrow officer on the podcast next week. And you a should title ask what that includes. And um, escrow officer and title officer. So mm -hmm. that can, so we can explain exactly what, what the, their services uh, cover. Um, so yeah, we have es cheap. escrow and title. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, how about lender fees? Lender fees, that depends uh, if you're buying down the rate, okay. which is a conversation for, for another day. Um, we, as lenders, usually get paid by the bank. Okay. So if somebody want, were to use, 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 mm -hmm. oh my gosh, use you as a lender mm -hmm. uh, for the purchase of their home, they don't have to, you don't charge them anything up front. The bank pays your Correct. Commission. Bank, similar bank. to real estate agents when they are representing a buyer that the seller pays their commission. That, that is correct. Okay. How does uh, someone get a hold of you if they want to inquire about going over options? Okay. Awesome. So uh, they can uh, reach out to me via phone, 619-948-2996 or email. Okay. So what's your email address? Abel at emortgageguys.com. And if Abel, if you call Abel and he doesn't answer, Send him a text, please, because his phone's ringing all day. So sometimes he doesn't see every single call. But more than anything, I think if you email him, he'll respond right away or send mm -hmm. a text if he doesn't pick up. Thanks for being uh, my guest today, Abel. I, we answered a lot of questions. There's so much to cover. We could literally be here for days. Um, but uh, I think it was a good a good uh, preliminary meeting to go over yeah, what's, really what's required. really You're really what's good. Required. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and good luck with your podcast. Oh, thank you. Know, you. You're very excited for it. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Selling Sandoval podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for more valuable insights and practical tips. Remember, 
Whether you're a buyer, seller, or an aspiring real estate agent, the Selling Sandoval podcast is your trusted companion in navigating the dynamic California real estate landscape. Until next time, keep dreaming big and making those real estate dreams a reality. This is Victoria Sandoval signing off from the Selling Sandoval podcast, wishing you success and happiness in all of your real estate endeavors.